Welcome to the Growing in Greatness podcast with your host, Wendelin Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. And remember, you deserve to see your own greatness. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. How are you today? Happy, happy Monday. It's great to be back with you again. I am looking for a wonderful week to happen. Great things will happen to and for me this week. That's my decree. That's my decoration. I want it to be yours. Tell me what yours is, what you're expecting, what are your affirmations. Let's get into this thing. We're going to talk today about mentoring, both sides of mentoring. And I'm really excited about this because I think it's going to help a lot of people to uh, understand mentoring, help a lot of people understand the importance of mentoring others and keeping this thing going, and understand the boundaries that are incorporated when you mentor someone or you ask someone to, to mentor you. So let's talk about what mentoring is not first. Um, mentoring is not coaching. It's not counseling. Um, coaching is basically helping someone to unlock their own personal potential, potential um, maximizing their performance, whether that be in sports, whether it be singing, whether that be speaking, or you kind of helping that person hone in and bring to light their own potential. So that's what coaching is. Counseling is a little different because it's actually usually, not always, but usually a paid relationship in which you have an underlying mental or psychological or physical issue where you need to be addressed and solutions are given to you by a medical professional. That's generally counseling, and most time it's paid, not always. But mentoring is a reciprocal, collaborative, at-will relationship. Listen to that. It's reciprocal. You're going back and forth. It's collaborative. You're working together. And it's at-will. No one is making you pay. No one is requiring you to do certain things to a certain extent. That kind of relationship. And most of the time, it occurs between seniors and more junior folk in terms of the mentor, who is the most senior person, the mentee, who's the most junior person. And you do that because you want to learn to grow and uh, develop in your own career or your own business or whatever. So you need someone who has expertise and knowledge they're willing to share with you, generally no cost involved, to help you reach your potential, to help you grow in greatness. And hopefully you got the right kind of mentor. That person is a person who's great in doing things with their gifts and they're giving it back to others. So why is the mentoring important? A good mentor can help the mentee become effective, can help you learn new skills, help you develop greater confidence, and make you make better decisions for your overall business, for your career, your personal growth. They help you hone those skills and give you the benefits of their knowledge. Also, the mentors also get excitement out of this as well because they say they report that they are being benefited as well because they're including, they're satisfied to see other people develop greatness, helping others, seeing other people develop. They also get to expand their generational and cultural perspective. That's a huge thing because, like I said, generally the mentor uh, is the more senior person who, are, who is going to mentor the mentee 
oftentimes a younger person. Sometimes it could be a different cultural background. Sometimes it could be a different economic economic um, strata as well. So you're learning other interpersonal skills. You're learning technical stuff. You're learning to grow yourself as a mentor. You're learning to look at things in different perspectives and get new ideas on things and insights. And that's what a mentor gets out of it mostly. You know, so once again, they're giving and sharing and helping to make their mentee a better person. So it's two sides of it. I'm getting something, and oftentimes if the thing is done right, the mentor is also getting something. Let's get a little bit clarity about that mentor-mentee relationship. Just because someone gives you advice doesn't mean they're your mentor. Advice comes a dime a dozen. There's all kind of little things you can say about how important uh, advice is, especially free advice. It's worth as much as you pay for it. I don't necessarily believe that. I'm just saying a person who gives you advice is not necessarily your mentor. A mentor or mentoring process is responsible. It's committed. It requires valuable time and focus attention on ensuring that the mentee's goals are being met and they learn a new process. Once again, it is a collaborative responsible and committed relationship. So a person who just comes through and gives you advice, that's great. You can take it or leave it. But a mentoring relationship is a back and forth, and it's a process. You all have a goal in mind, and you're trying to get from point A to point B. A good mentor will help you do things but not do them for you. They will show you how. They will share with you how. They will give you insights. They give you examples on how to get things done, but not necessarily do that, do it for you. I always tell people I've been to, I ask them to do certain things for me, and I want everything they give me in writing. Like I always say, it's not in writing, it's nothing. So I can always help them tweak their thoughts. I said, put it in writing. Tell me what this is. Tell me what you want this business to be. Put it in writing. And once you do that, I can clearly help you structure through questions, through insights, through digging a little deeper to find out how to hone what you're doing. So I'm not going to do it for you. But I'm going to help you get to where you want to be. A good mentor is going to um, look at your strengths and your weaknesses. And they're going to be fair about that thing. They're going to say those things to you. If you've got a, a real thin skin and don't want to hear the truth from their perspective, their season and experienced perspective, you may not want a mentor. But if a mentor tells you everything you're doing is right and you're great and you're just wonderful, I would rethink that mentor because we all can better ourselves, and that is what a mentor did do to hone and refine and make it better. A mentor also helps you understand the structure of an organization or a business or an institution. They give you the benefits oftentimes of their wisdom, what they've been through. They give you shortcuts. They give you new perspective and, and, and change your way of thinking if need be. You know, they're going to be in there with you on this. Um, they also help you boost your ability to make decisions. Because you got the benefit of the knowledge they have as well when you decision making. Remember earlier I said they help give you confidence, so you're confident in your decision making process as well. And if you make a mistake, a good mentor is going to be like I am. You made a mistake, we can fix it. That's it. That's all. You made a mistake. What did you learn? Let's fix it. And those are some of the most valuable lessons that you can have. Um, They'll give you insights into the tricks of the trade, no matter what business you are, business, entertainment, sports, uh, beauty salon owner, uh, technology company. They're always tricks to the trade. They'll give you shortcuts. They'll help you get where you're trying to get earlier. And they're going to also introduce you to important resources and give you references. Now, let me be clear about that. They are not going to do that up front. 
Don't go into a mentoring relationship expecting them to open a key to their whole, their whole strong box. You've got to show them some things before they feel trustworthy. They feel that you're trustworthy enough to give you access to their inner circle, to their resources, to people that can open doors for you. So if you're going into a mentorship program or relationship and you're expecting to get all this stuff laid out for you initially, that probably will not happen. That person, too, has a relationship with others they have to keep, and they have to make sure that you are the kind of person that's ready and committed and won't embarrass them when they open the keys to their treasure and give you importance, their resources, and they give you references. And that's a huge thing. If they can give you a good reference, that's one of the tricks of the trade. They get you in a lot of doors, as you know. There's all kind of mentoring um, techniques now, especially with technology. Things have totally changed. So the one-on-one mentoring that we basically talk about, that I'm generally talking about, is the most traditional um, form. It's one with one person, one mentor, and one mentee are involved in a mentoring program and um, use a more experienced individual, like I said, is paired with a less experienced person, oftentimes a much younger person, but that's not necessary, but more important. That's a traditional one-on-one mentoring program. We talk about that all the time, and that's probably the one that comes to mind first. They also group mentoring. Now, oftentimes happens when resources are not there for everyone in the group to have their own mentor. Oftentimes people have to have two or three mentors. Um, that happens a lot in school programs, youth programs, maybe some businesses, organizations you've been involved with. They don't have enough mentors to go around. Everyone have an individual mentor. So they do it in a group. They take two or three people, and you, you may um, you know, meet for lunch every so often and talk about what's going on. That's group mentoring. And um, that can be effective as well because it's also a thing called peer mentoring, which is not necessarily the traditional version in terms of an older person, a more experienced person, a younger person, less experienced person. It's also people on the same level helping and mentoring each other. And so that group mentoring happens when you have a group of people that have um, limited resources and usually that person got to mentor two, three, four, five people, whatever that group is. Also out of that comes peer mentoring. Sometimes you're in groups, you're in networking groups or whatever. You're all in small business groups. You're all starting your business. Um, whatever you're doing, you're going to classes, whatever. And you guys mentor each other. You guys help each other. You give each other the benefit of what you know by I met this person, I did this, I found this to work. So peer mentoring is also important, also very good. Um, so don't minimize the fact that someone's your same group. Your mentoring section can't be a benefit to you. They absolutely can be. And now you hear, like I said, that's a lot in these mentoring groups, uh, networking groups that are out there, be uh, those business groups that happen every uh, once a month at 6.30 in the morning. You get with your people, your peers, and you all talk about things that nature, those peer mentoring groups are important and effective. And now with technology um, and business itself is changing, distance or e-mentoring is now beginning to be more and more vibrant options. Uh, what this is, is basically with advanced technology, the mentorship relationship is no longer a face-to-face. It's actually on, done on software, online, and that sort of thing. There are a number of businesses have developed um, in the capacity to be a mentor for you. Um, there are companies you can go online. I've had folk on my show who have companies where they mentor you, help, coach, help, help bring out the best in you. They do the mentoring, and they kind of bring out what's good in you in terms of coaching you and helping you on your path where you need to go. There are actually viable businesses. People pay them for this service. 
to help mentor them, and they do it online, and they go forward. So once again, that um, the distance or e-mentoring works. Um, the situation sometimes uh, 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 acquired that. I have seen success come out of those kinds of programs that not for everybody, but they're out there now. They're a very marketable tool, and there's a, it's a thriving business now. Um, not the same thing, but you see all these master classes out there now. Not exactly the same thing, but that type of scenario. You still be able to do the e-mentoring online with a master class. It's online, but it's for a whole lot of people. Most of the time, these um, e-mentoring classes are one-on-one still. For hours here, you slot your time in an hour here, an hour there, whatever. The same kinds of things people are open and list, open to listening and hearing, especially with the times, especially with time constraints. People have a hard time getting together, and not to mention with the COVID. People are doing as less in-person meetings as possible, so that can be a viable option for you. And you can also do that online with your regular mentor. Um, you cannot always meet face-to-face. You can maybe have your first meeting there, but you can do more things online because of folks' busy schedule and getting together. And like I said, no, we cannot forget the issue about COVID. And then, of course, there's the last one I'm going to talk about. Well, it's not the last one. I'm going to talk about reverse mentoring. And that's generally done in a business um, situation. It's mostly done around young people mentoring an older person, generally a new technology or something like that. That generally is what happens. Technology is happening more and more, and oftentimes in business scenarios, uh, on-job situations, there's what we call reverse mentoring, where if the younger person is actually mentoring the more older, experienced person because they have insights to a new opportunity. Like I said, generally it's a uh, technology that they're doing, and they mentor them. So that's there as well. And then, of course, you've been to seminars and workshops where you do the speed mentoring. You go to a conference and you want to go into a room and there are 20 executives in there you want to meet with. They do this a lot where they're trying to get people to sign up to be uh, in a procurement situation, um, to uh, to sell your goods to the government or whatever. They have what they call these speed mentoring programs. So you got 15 minutes to get to a person and tell them what you want and get their expertise or pitch yourself to them to see if you can develop a relationship with them later on. That's called speed mentoring, just like speed dating concept, nothing different than that. And usually, like I said, those are done at workshops and things like that, and you're going to this big room with other professionals and you have this short period of time to make an impression on someone and try to get your point across and let them know what you're trying to do and and gas and, and gain as much information and knowledge as you can. So that's that piece. So, those are all options you have to do in terms of looking at mentors. But let me just go through a few other steps I think is important in this whole dynamic. When you're trying to find a mentor, you need to know what you want. You need to know what you want your mentor to share with you, to teach you what aspect of your life. Um, you have to commit yourself to the process of searching for a mentor. You know, um, you may be get one by osmosis. Maybe one just going to pop up. That's really the case. If that happens for you, you're blessed. But generally, you have to make a extraordinary effort to find someone to spend that time with you. Because like I said before, this is not based on necessary friendship and you you just like a person and you, you got to click. It's built on a committed relationship that you guys have entered into together. Once again, generally the mentoring, unless you're doing something online, it's not being paid. Okay? So you have to find somebody who wants to get clicks with you and that you have made the effort to get to them and to be able to help you with what you need to get help with. You have to find that mentor. It won't just come. You have to make some hard decisions and think about real hardly 
do I associate with the right people that may be able to connect me with a mentor or put me in the right place to be the mentor or that sort of thing? Um, do they, the people I connect with, the people I hang out with, do they add to my career? Do they give me insights and helpful things for my career? Um, do I belong in this networking group? What's the right networking group for me? Is that networking group the best for me across town? That's an extra effort for me. Oh, wow. That's more time for me. But it's the one I'm in, the best networking group. Oftentimes, people also look at networking groups in terms of their churches, in terms of their sorority or fraternity. And I'm not going to say anything's wrong with that. That is absolutely fine. That's absolutely a great place to look. But is that right for you based on what you want? Is there someone in those organizations that can help you? If you don't have the right person's organization, you may have to go outside your organization. Yes, there's wonderful, smart people in most people's uh, churches or houses of worship or synagogues, whatever, sororities of attorneys, some of our, our nation's leaders or members of these organizations. Um, but is that the right place to mentor? Don't tell me I'm going to go on the cruise with, uh, with some fraternity or sorority and I'm going to do this as a mentoring process. No, you on the cruise, they have a good time and people are drinking and that's what they're supposed to be doing. And that's probably not the best atmosphere to find a mentor. You may introduce yourself to someone there, but the mentoring process, the conversation, sharing what you really want is going to probably come at another time because nine times out of ten, that's not the atmosphere to really get a great conversation going about you being a mentor. So you have to make those hard decisions. Is this the right place? Should I waste my time here? Uh, I know these people are comfortable. I know they're friends, but will they get where I need to go? So where did my colleagues get their mentors from? If you got a colleague uh, who has a great mentor, where did they get them from? There are some hard things you got to think about because getting the right mentor requires some work on your behalf, on your part, to get the right person who's going to benefit you in the way you need to be benefited. So you go through this process of how to get a mentor. How do you select a mentor? Usually, you select a person that's based on their, well, their work ethic, on their path of success. Their business is successful. And sometimes people get a little concerned about that because they say, well, you know, I'm my company, I'm in a trucking business. But the big boy who has a trucking business as well, you know, I can't go to him because he won't help me. He may or he may not. He may understand that there's room for more than one trucking business. He may realize that, hey, I'm not going to do this forever. Why they help somebody else? So you may or may not be able to go to that big guy, but why not ask? Why not try? I say shoot to the top. So figure out who's the best mentor for you. Maybe that mentor is another business, but successful, who has relationships, who's well-respected, whose people will take their call, who can be a reference for you if you need that. Think about the credibility of that person as well. Um, you may think about an old boss. When you start your own business, maybe you work for somebody who you were very impressed with, who always poured into you, who was uh, supportive. Um, one of my mentors is my old chairman of my company, uh, a chairman of the company I worked with years ago. Um, I worked for him many years. He put a lot into me, um, and we're in the same business. In fact, he helped me get my business. He said, hey, you know, this is what you want to do? I'm impressed with who you are and so many words, and okay, I'm going to help you get this new business. And he did. And so we figured out a way to make my business, which was both also an advertising market agency, and so was his, where we set my company up so that we could collaborate. And I could do things initially that his company didn't do, so I could be a benefit to him, and vice versa. So there are all kinds of mentoring relationships. Now, he has 
thus uh, now sold his business and he's retired. But I still contact him and stay in contact with him because I first personally enjoy talking with him. He's still a marvelous man. He still has so much insights on in the world. and He's funny. And I really respect what he's accomplished and what he did for me. So we still keep a relationship going. So don't, don't shoot low. Shoot high. And if you don't get what you want, go to the next person. Also, always understand what you're going to learn from them. What are you looking for in a mentor? Um, the mentor is your mentor. He's not your psychiatrist, not your mom or your dad. So keep that straight. Sometimes people get relationships with mentors, and people, the mentor feels so overwhelmed because now they got to listen to all your personal problems and your psychological problems. and your, That's not what they're there for. It may involve to a relationship where you can share some things, but I would recommend you not, recommend you not go there. Of course, you can't say, oh, something happened to my family. I'm going to be out of the mix. That kind of thing is one thing. But going there and pulling out all your heart issues, problems with your boyfriend, your girlfriend, that's not what they're there for. They're not your counselor. They're to help you with this business process. They're to help you get further and, and hone your skills. But they're not your parent, and they are not you know, your sociologist, your psychiatrist, or whatever, Okay. You need to have your criteria, once again, for your, your mentor, and you want to put together a whole list, like I said, of who you want to go to. shouldn't be just one person. Sit down, think about a list of four or five people. Prioritize that list of people. Who's going to the first person? Who's the best possible um, mentor for you? And shoot for that person. You know, oftentimes these very, very wealthy people have assistance, and they don't have a problem with taking you in and taking you on. Sometimes they won't but I'm going to try for the best person I think it help me because I deserve that because I'm going to help somebody else one day. If they're not the fit for you, that's fine. And I want you also to think about how that fits, how that person fits with you. Because if you are not on the same page on a couple things, if a person is a giant in the industry or doing a great job in his business or uh, uh, business or he's, a, uh, he's employed and he does a great job, he's wonderful, but you don't like that person, personally, for whatever reason, then it's probably going to be a good mentor for you. No matter how smart they are, how good they are, you've got to have some things that are synergistic, and I have seen that happen before, and I've never seen it work. If I generally don't care for the person, but I know they're smart, and I'm going to try to be and get the best from them, it generally doesn't work. So I'm saying aim high at a person that you know have the ability to help you, what you, want, help you get where you want to go. So now let's take it for granted you know what you need, you know what you bring to the table, because once again, assess where you are. What do I bring to the table? Because it's a reciprocal relationship, remember? That person is pouring into you, but there are some benefits that that person can also get out of mentoring. And as they, as, they, as you provide um, assistance for them to stay in the relationship, it'll probably get better and go forward. So think about what you can bring to the table as well and be able to share that with them. Um, explore how you can find that mentor. Like I said before, is it a conference, a workshop, lecture? social events, how are you going to find that mentor? And when you approach your mentor, be prepared to approach them in such a way that they feel compelled, they feel like they want to, they feel like it's a great opportunity, they think it's going to be great to help you. Have your pitch together. I have talked to several people who come to me and they just rambled. Well, see, I want to do this, I want to do that, I think I want to do something, do that. I'm like, ooh, 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 you know, ooh, can I get you to bring it down to a two? Tell me the one thing you would like to do. And generally they can't. Tell me the one thing you need from me. Generally they can't. I'm concerned already about potentially trying to mentor that person because they haven't focused. 
okay? So don't be like that. Go in there telling them what you would like, what you want to do, and what help you need from them. It may be more than one thing, but don't have a whole long litany of 15 minutes of going around in a circle. Land that plane and say, this is what I would like. This is what I need help in. This is what I would like from you. This is what I like from a mentor. Have that stuff thought out. That's not, that's not something you can all do it by yourself. You together have to decide how to get there. But think about that conversation you're going to have with them before you just go into a big old diatribe about a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't really land the plane and sell the deal and seal the relationship for her to be your mentor. Like I said, once again, remember, that's not your friend, not your shrink, not your mom. You know, understand from a business perspective what you need that mentor to help you with. And please, please, please stay away from these long-winded personal conversations when you meet your mentor or talk with your mentor. That will turn people off. Um, set your meeting with the mentor if you can. I think it's always great to do it face-to-face if possible. You can go ahead and get that meeting set and do that face-to-face. But do know it may not be face-to-face. And as time progresses, it may continue to be more on-the-phone type scenarios or more Zoom or, or Teams or whatever. That's totally fine. That's the way of the future. That's fine. But I do like that first face-to-face contact, if possible. If you're not able to do it possible, do the best way you can to have that conversation with the person. So it's so important that when you go to your mentor, please come as tight and professional as you can. And to that point, let me say tight and professional. That also includes the way you look, okay? We are, these are not your friends. This is not your mom. Look professional. I'm not saying you have to have on pearls, and a suit, the tie, but you need to look professional and neat. And also think about your mentor. How is your mentor dressed? Now, if he's one of the kind of people, tech people, who dress real casual, dress casual too, but be neat with it. Don't be sloppy. It's where you can be business casual and not be grungy and sloppy, Okay. If the person has to be a person, be a person in fashion. Just think about that. You want, you want to get your business off in fashion. You want to design or whatever. When you go to meet with them, please look tight. Have your own look going. Make it connect. Because I'm not going to think too much of mentoring you when I can see you can't represent yourself. Also, I'm going to have a good idea of representing you when you look this way, taking you to other people I know are in my circles. I'm not asking you to go out here and buy a new wardrobe. I'm thinking about just being conscientious or what you have on at your first meeting with your mentor to make sure you can click that box and overcome that possible objection that you don't look like someone that they want to represent them or give a reference to, okay? So, um, again, I talked about what can you do for your mentor now? Like I said, both sides of the mentorship program. This person is doing a lot for you. If you are blessed with the right kind of mentor, they're going to spend time with you. They're going to help you hone your pitch, help you decide what you want to do, give you oftentimes references, give you oftentimes resources, refine what you are planning to do, give you the keys. I mean, they're going to do a lot for you. More important than all that, they'll give you the benefit of their time, which is something you can't get back. They'll give you intellectual property that you cannot pay for. Okay, so I want you to think about, too, what can I do for my mentor? It should not be selfish. You shouldn't be selfish with the whole process. Take notes when you're talking with them. Take notes. Let them know that you appreciate what you're doing and you're writing things down and that sort of thing. Um, when people, all people like to be treated like they treat you, okay? So think about ways you add value to your mentor's life. If mentors adding value to your life, how can you help them? Can you research something for them? Can you run an errand for them? Um, 
Mentors like to know how things are going with you. I ain't talking about long email or long. Every once in a while, when you're not talking, you had a meeting somewhere, let them know, hey, by the way, I went to a meeting with so-and-so and so-and-so, especially, especially if it's someone they put you in contact with. Hit them a quick email back or either call them. Y'all can determine what's best for you. Hey, give me a call. I want to tell you about the meeting. I had it with so-and-so and so you interested. It went great. I know you're busy, but when you get time, let's talk about it. Thank you again for your help. Get back with them. Let them know what's happened. Let them know about things, especially things they have turned you on to. Think about other things to help them out with. Show your appreciation for their time. Send them a thank you note. I personally like handwritten thank you notes. I know it's obsolete. I know it's old-fashioned. But, hey, a few minutes will thank you note to say, hey, I appreciate you. Just thank you for being your, all you've done. Boom, stamp. Let me just tell you what. I have some thank you notes now. I have one in particular that I carry around in my pocketbook because it was so touching to me. I carry around my handbag now. I love that thank you note so much. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Give them a book, what they're interested in, what's their favorite author, what, what subject matters they're interested in. Give them a book. A little something for you. Um, what about a bottle of wine or maybe a gift certificate to a restaurant you know they like? Don't be selfish. Consider a little bit of things like that can go a long way. I had an incident when I was first in my career, and I connected with a woman in the business I worked in. I worked at the advertising agency, and she was a human resources, and she's going on now, and she's passed. Um, but she just took, took me on and helped me through not advertising, but say, but helped me through the lay of the land in that business, that corporate structure. She helped me through the politics, that corporate structure. And time progressed. I got to know her better. My family got to know her better. And one day she was talking to my sister, and she was telling her the reason why she took on to me, because I was the only person who ever said to her, please and thank you. Just something that simple. Please and thank you. She said, she's the only person who ever say that. She says, so I took to her because of her good manners. So I'm just telling you, people who can help you appreciate those old-fashioned ways of just saying please and thank you. Like I said, a handwritten thank you note. Got one in my handbag right now. I, it's in my handbag. It'll be there for a minute because I just love it, and uh, I'll be trying to share it with folks. So little things like that to show you appreciate, show, appreciate what people are doing for you. I want to also say to you, as you have been mentored, pass it on. I'm not saying try to take on the whole world. But once again, take on a few people in your career your lifetime, if you can help them in and, 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 and mentor them as well. Make sure you can help those people to grow. Um, and as you're doing this process of mentoring, I got to say something to you. As time progresses in your career, oftentimes you will outgrow your first or second mentor. That's a good thing because your needs have gotten different. You surpassed what they were there for. You're going further in your life, and you've gotten another mentor. But let me just say to you, you will be very missed. And I'd be very sad if you forget about that person who got you from A to B. You may go on to C and D now, but never forget that person who got you from A to B. Keep in touch with them. I don't care if it's once a year. Even if you no longer need them to mentor, send them a card at holiday time, Christmas, um, Hanukkah, whatever, Ramadan, whatever. Send them a card. Say thank you for much. I never forget you. Send them little flowers or whatever. Never forget that person. Keep calling them periodically every year. Get an update on how their family is doing. Get an update on how you're doing your career or whatever. Don't forget those people. And don't forget to reciprocate that to other people. I think it's important. That is what greatness is. When we talk about growing in greatness. This is one of the pearls that I think people cannot forget, and we forgot about it. We're too busy trying to get our own. We're too busy trying to climb the corporate ladder. We're so busy not trying to, to, to be um, the last. But sometimes 
The last can make you the first. Stop. Smell the roses. Give a little time to someone who needs it. I'm sure it's going to pay off for you in the long run. Also, once you've been blessed to have someone pour into you, it's your charge. It's your responsibility to pour back into them. Once again, I'm here. Hit me up on Facebook, Growing in Great. would love to hear from you. would love to hear some ideas you may have for shows, some questions you may have. I'm going to start a new segment next Monday. Be here next Monday. Tell your friends. Everybody hit you up for next Monday. We got a new segment that's going to start on next Monday. Still Growing Greatness, but a little different format. We're going to do every fourth Monday of the month. I'm excited about this. We're going to start on this all next, on next Monday. So listen in for us, and for the rest of the week, go out and be great. Thank you. Have a good evening. Welcome to the Growing in Greatness podcast with your host, Gwendolyn Singletary. We bring relevant insights, actionable strategies, and connections to resources to inspire you to explore your potential and become the best version of yourself in business and personally. So take charge and commit to growth. Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. And remember, you deserve to see your own greatness.